Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Why? Why? The question is why. Why did Rhaegar Targaryen choose Lyanna Stark to be the mother of the prince that was promised, of whom Aegon's prophecy foretold? Did Rhaegar tell Lyanna about Aegon's prophecy? And if so, might she have mentioned it to her brother Ned with her dying breath at the Tower of Joy? Thanks for tuning in to the David Lightbringer YouTube channel, and now I'll see if we can to answer these burning questions. Hey there, friends. How's your House of the Dragon off-season treating you? I've been making videos, and in case you missed it, we've been doing Aegon's Prophecy for a few weeks, and if you've been watching along, you know that we have a nice working hypothesis that Aegon the Conqueror told Torn Stark, the king who knelt, about his prophetic dream of the end times and the prince that was promised. And so the logical follow-up question is, of course, how many other Starks knew, if in fact Torin knew? And really, the burning question is, did Ned or Lyanna know? Later on in this series, we are still going to talk about Jaehaerys and Alysanne visiting the Wall, as well as the Pact of Ice and Fire, which is something coming up in Season 2 of House of the Dragon. But the Ned and Lyanna question is really the big one for the main story of A Song of Ice and Fire, so we're tackling that first. So it starts with Lyanna and Rhaegar. We pretty much know that Rhaegar knew about Aegon's prophecy. I mean, he recites half the damn thing to Daenerys in her House of the Undying vision in A Clash of Kings, saying that his son will be the prince that was promised and that his is the Song of Ice and Fire. Check out part one in this series for more on that, but the point for today is that Danny's vision ends with Rhaegar saying that the dragon must have three heads and that there must be one more promised child to fulfill that idea. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the dragon must have three heads will also turn out to be part of the book version of Aegon's prophecy. Since Aegon and his sisters created that three-headed dragon sigil during the conquest, which we now know was itself motivated by Aegon's prophetic dream, of the end times and the prince that was promised. Now, wherever it is that Rhaegar heard the the dragon must have three heads phrase, we know that he was looking for a third child at this time, which was just before he met Lyanna and conceived baby John with her. Uh, spoiler alert, R plus L equals J. And it really does. Don't be led astray, folks. It, it really does. Uh, yeah, it, it's a thing. So the non-RLJ denier portion of the fandom, which is most of it, uh, had already suspected that prophecy was going to turn out to be part of the reason that Rhaegar sought out Lyanna Stark. And that was before we learned of the existence of Aegon's prophecy. Then in the first video in the series, I went on to suggest that somehow Rhaegar must have figured out that for a promised prince to have a song of fire and ice, they needed to be born of the north and of House Stark. 
Ergo, I think it's a pretty safe assumption that Rhaegar would have shared all these ideas with Lyanna. We already saw Rhaegar speaking of the Promised Prince, the Song of Ice and Fire, and the Three-Headed Dragon with Elia Martell in Danny's vision. And Rhaegar would really have all the more reason to explain to Lyanna why they had to run away and conceive a magical ice and fire baby. Now, although I do think Rhaegar and Lyanna probably were in love, and I mean, it is pretty romantic to be a couple spoken of in ancient prophecy, if you think about it. I do think it's more understandable that Lyanna actually went through with a plan to run away and have baby John, precisely because she herself might have taken these prophetic warnings from Rhaegar about the White Walkers, Seriously. Lyanna might have believed Rhaegar simply because she had grown up with stories from Old Nan about the White Walkers, or perhaps even because she may have already known of the existence of Aegon's prophecy from her father Rickard, who would have had that knowledge passed down to him from Torn Stark. So here I want to stress that this transmission from Torin all the way down to Rickard is possible even if Rickard himself or other Starks didn't necessarily believe in Aegon's prophecy. All that is needed is for a story to be passed down about how Aegon and Torin believed in the prophecy and about how that belief formed the basis for their agreement. Later, more skeptical Starks may have scoffed at Torin's gullibility or whatever. He gave up the North for a dream. What a sucker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I never would have given up the crown to those incest-loving lizard yeah, people. Yeah, that's right. I would have slain those dragons single-handedly. But as long as it remained part of the Stark story about the king who knelt, then Lyanna may have had a light bulb go off when Rhaegar started kicking flavor in her ear about the prince that was promised and the song of ice and fire. At the very least, even if Lyanna didn't have any prior knowledge of Aegon's prophecy, she would have the basic knowledge of the White Walkers that every northerner has, and which is drilled into the head of every young Stark by Old Nan. And that means that Lyanna Stark would actually be in a very similar position to the one that Torrin Stark was in with Aegon the Conqueror. Confronted with a Targaryen who seems to have compelling and uncanny knowledge of the deepest secrets of the far north, as well as, most importantly, a desire to save the world from a new long night. That's right, this is one of the things I realized right in the script. Rhaegar and Lyanna really are a strong echo of Aegon and Torrin. And if you want to ship Aegon and Torrin, Go ahead. Reason number six, why Torrin Stark knelt to Aegon the Conqueror. Uh, Aegon was very handsome. There you have it. In other words, Aegon's prophecy probably played a central role in the entire Rhaegar and Lyanna affair. In my opinion, it's all but certain that Rhaegar would have told Lyanna whatever it was that he believed about these prophecies and the prince that was promised. And it's even possible that Lyanna was the recipient of knowledge of Aegon's prophecy, which was handed down to her all the way from Torrin Stark. And that when Rhaegar told her about the prophecy, she just finished his sentence and was like, yeah, yeah, I already know all about that. Even setting that possibility aside, the safe assumption is that Rhaegar simply told Lyanna the story of how his ancestor and hers had formed an agreement based on prophetic knowledge of the White Walkers. And perhaps Lyanna was persuaded of the need to do the same. It's also striking that Rhaegar and Lyanna absconded together not far from Harrenhal and thus very near the river Trident, and the spot where Aegon and Torrin Stark made their agreement. 
It's also the same spot where Rhaegar died at the hands of Robert Baratheon, of course. Gods, I was strong. And now we can imagine an extra layer of cruel irony to the scene, as Rhaegar would have died thinking not only of Lyanna, but of their attempt to prepare for the threat of which Aegon foresaw, and of the fact that Aegon and Torin made their agreement not far from where he lay dying. All right, everyone, wipe those tears. And let's think about Ned Stark. Good old, good old Ned. Ned clearly did not put much stock in Aegon's prophecy, if he had ever heard of it, since he did, after all, overthrow King Ares in the Targaryen dynasty, and then took measures to make sure Jon never had a chance to claim the throne and restore the Targaryen dynasty. The same can be said for Ned's dad, Rickard, who planned Ares' downfall, seemingly, in the years leading up to Robert's rebellion. And certainly the same can be said for Ned's brother Brandon, who marched up to the Red Keep demanding that Rhaegar come out and die for the abduction of Lyanna Stark, which, of course, is a lie almost certainly concocted by Peter Baelish to stir up trouble. And check out In Deep Geek's series about RLJ for more on that. It's it's really fabulous work. In other words, it's fun and interesting to think that Torin may have passed down his own knowledge of Aegon's prophecy all the way to Ned's generation. However, it remains conjecture, as there really isn't much evidence that our most recent Starks knew of it before Lyanna presumably heard about it from Rhaegar. Consider also that the dragons that were so convincing for Torin Stark and Brandon Snow had died out over a century prior. So people may have stopped talking about or placing stock in, if you want to say, Aegon's dream after that point. What I'm wondering about, and the reason I made this video, is the scene at the Tower of Joy and the idea of Lyanna trying to explain to Ned what she and Rhaegar were really up to. Ned's recollection of the Tower of Joy does come in a fever dream, but we do know that Ned and Lyanna shared a few words before she died. That's when Ned made Lyanna the famous promise that he thinks of often. Promise me, Ned. And of course, that promise presumably has something to do with hiding John's identity from Robert and keeping him safe. Might Lyanna have told Ned about why it was so important to keep John safe? I mean, beyond the fact that John is her son and Ned's nephew? I would have to think so. Promise me, Ned, that you'll keep him safe, for his is the song of ice and fire. Isn't that how it's going to go whenever we get those lines revealed to us? In other words, I think it's very, very likely that Ned and Lyanna discussed Aegon's prophecy at the Tower of Joy, and that Lyanna tried to explain her and Rhaegar's attempts to prepare for the coming threat from the north by conceiving the prince that was promised. Now, Ned, he may well have been skeptical of all this shit, especially since Rhaegar and Lyanna's actions got both of them dead and helped provoke a war. Although there were, of course, many other factors leading to war as well, so we can't just blame them. We do know that Ned is the skeptical sort, since we heard him scoff at the White Walkers when Cat mentions them in the Godswood after the execution of the Runaway Night's Watch Ranger Garrod, who, of course, had just fled from the wall after encountering the others and kind of losing his wits. We can probably imagine Ned spending years convincing himself that Rhaegar and Lyanna were wrong and that their mistaken, quote-unquote mistaken, belief in prophecy and magic 
is part of what led to their downfall. However, as Ned is sending John off to the Night's Watch and promising to tell him of his true identity the next time that he sees him. After John has safely taken his Night's Watch oaths and is no longer a candidate for the throne, based on his Targaryen blood, of course, we have to wonder, was Ned thinking of Rhaegar and Lyanna's belief that John was a promised savior? I mean, Lord Commander of the Night's Watch is kind of the place where you'd want the person who's supposed to be responsible for fighting the others, right? So maybe Ned thought that this was a good way to both keep Jon safe from the Game of Thrones, as well as hedge his bets against the slim possibility that his sister and her dreamy Targaryen boyfriend knew what they were talking about after all. Like, hey, I'm not gonna restore the Targaryen dynasty for you, sorry Rhaegar, but I will put your special snowflake on the wall where we can be ready just in case I'm wrong. How much was Ned planning to explain to John? That's a great question that unfortunately will never be answered. However, and this is a big however, I do hereby predict that Lyanna's ghost will drop some knowledge about the prince that was promised to John in a dream vision that John will have while he's dead. It's not breaking news that of course John has to eventually reach the end of his recurring crypt stream that he can never seem to complete. And I'm not the first person to suggest that Leanna's ghost will be there at the end of the dream, but I do want to predict that she will speak not only of Rhaegar, but of Aegon's prophecy, since that is the real reason why John was conceived in the first place. So you heard it here first, folks. Aegon's prophecy will be discussed when John meets the ghost of his mother Lyanna in the lowest levels of the Winterfell crypts. The dream version of them, anyway. Perhaps Rhaegar's ghost will be there, too, and he'll strum the song of ice and fire sadly on his silvery ghost harp, just as he did for Daenerys. That's right, they'll both have heard Rhaegar's ghostly harp playing. That's, that's another prediction for you. After all, Robert Baratheon did say, in the Winterfell crypts, that Rhaegar has Lyanna forever, down in hell. Shout out Hades and Persephone. And that's how I always imagine their shades, with Rhaegar playing his harp for Lyanna in an eternal unbroken moment, somewhere in the astral realm where the hells made of ice and fire meet. And if you think about it, sudden brainwave, if there are seven hells, as it is said, and if half the hells are made of ice, as it is said, then one of the hells has to be made of fire and ice, right? Three on one side, three on the other. The hell in the middle, half fire, half ice. That's where Rhaegar and Lyanna live. In the hell borderlands. What the fuck did I just say? Well, forgive me for getting carried away with Rhaegar and Lyanna there. I am a romantic and also a big fan of Dante's Inferno, and I always will identify with Rhaegar, the character who spend the most time thinking about comets and trying to interpret symbolism. Yeah, you see how that works, right? But I really do think that Aegon's prophecy will be revealed to be a major part, a central part, of the Rhaegar and Lyanna story. And I do think that John needs to learn about it. Lyanna's ghost makes the most sense as the messenger to me, but you know, let me know what you think in the comments. I also think that Danny has to find out about the prophecy too, and if I were to hazard a guess, 
I bet that Danny will hear the words of Aegon's dream from Aegon himself, whom I suspect Danny will see in a dream vision, or more likely, a glass candle vision. Check out the video Glass Candle Cirrus in the Daenerys playlist for my theory about how and why Danny will gain access to a glass candle in the winds of winter, which, if I do say so myself, is one of my best and boldest winds of winter predictions. I'll see you again very soon with a video about two very important Targaryen visits to Winterfell. Jaehaerys and Alysanne's visit to Winterfell and the Wall, as well as Jaehaerys' visit to Winterfell, which again, will come up early on in season two of House of the Dragon. If you've enjoyed the video, please click that thumbs up button, and of course, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you never miss a video or live stream. And please show your love for Rhaegar and Lyanna and Prophecy in the comments. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.